So we had an episode recorded in the car back from the game on Sunday, but the audio was no good. Regardless, we're here now. That's all that matters. What's going on? Um, I still really can't believe Sunday was real. Uh, 5.25 in one game is, and I don't mean to jump into it right away, but I mean, we kind of need to jump into it right away. 5.25 is insane. In. Insane. I mean, the amount of records that he broke on Sunday is insane. The amount of records that he will probably break against the Chiefs this coming Sunday is insane. And um, like you said, I mean, just to dive right into it, 525 yards, four touchdowns, 37 to 46, 80% completion percentage. I mean, just unbelievable. I mean, I don't care if you're playing – and again, a lot of Ravens fans are complaining on Twitter and, and Instagram about how, um, you know, it wasn't their first string defense, blah, blah, blah. I mean, these are supposed to be NFL players. I mean, we've seen Bengals teams in the past where Jordan Evans and an insert practice squad linebacker, you're starting linebackers, and then you have you know, no name DBs. I mean, it's happened the last couple of years to the Bengals. And Bengals fans, I mean, we've complained. But, I mean, it's, it is what it is. I mean, if you're playing in a Week 16 game in the NFL, you're most likely not going to have your entire starting team. So, And lest we forget that earlier this season in Baltimore, Joe lit him up for 4-16 when they had Marlon Humphrey, when they had health in their linebacking core, when they had health at safety, um, you know, so on and so forth. So it's not like this is anything new. I mean, yes, I think it does need to be acknowledged that the Ravens were playing with backups, but when you look back through NFL history, several teams, I am sure, have had to play with such depletion in their secondary, and nobody has uh, – only three guys have ever thrown for more than 525 yards in a single game, despite facing some depleted secondaries at some point. Yeah, absolutely, and – I firmly believe that they would have known it was, what is it, the record 544? Yeah, something like that. I firmly believe if they would have known it was 544 and he was that close, that they would have tried to get it. I agree. I really do. I agree with you. And who knows, with how the game script could work out against the Chiefs this week, we could see, um, you know, more record-setting performances from Patrick Mahomes against the Bengals' pass defense. Um, But (laughs) – A myriad of things to hop into from what we saw on Sunday. 
not the first of which being that place was absolutely juiced. Paul Brown Stadium was on Sunday for that game. Yeah, and not only and we and we talked about this before. Usually when it's juiced, it's because the other team's fans are there too. Yeah. It was mostly juiced from Bengals fans. Yep. And that was really encouraging to see. Our whole section was Bengals fans. Or uh and and, and we didn't really, I mean, we sat um, you know, third level because uh because we're we're a part of the people. And um we're but we sat second row and yeah. it I mean it was all Bengals fans up there. So that was good to see. Um, saw a couple of Ravens fans walking around, but not too many. It was a lot of Bengals fans. And what was what was the attendance? Sixty three thousand. Yeah, like sixty three thousand two hundred eleven, which is pretty okay. good for for. I, and it also, I mean, to be fair, that also helped that it was you know sixty out yeah. <laughs> uh, and sunny. So in yeah. December, but yeah, nonetheless, that that place was rocking. The place was rocking, and the Bengals. Um, I mean, we have begged and pleaded this whole season for them to get out to a hot start. And that's exactly what they did on Sunday. Hot start right out of the gate. Well, they did. Yeah. I mean, you could tell, um, I didn't think they were going to get 525, but you could tell for the first two, three drives that Baltimore could not. I mean, maybe they could stop in the red zone like they did on the first drive, but they couldn't. If they had it 60, 70 yards ago, they were not stopping this Bengals offense. They had really no answers. Joey B was cooking in the first quarter pretty good. Um, his second quarter, what was it, 179 and three touchdowns for a second quarter, which is absolutely insane. That's like Patrick Mahomes numbers, like prime Chiefs Patrick Mahomes numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. Uh, start for the Bengals it was nice to see them put up 31 points in a first half it was because usually usually yeah usually they pour on in the second half so it was good it was good to see him start off hot yeah and and if they can continue this sort of hot start uh now I mean they they didn't necessarily have a hot start against the Broncos but it's not like they put themselves in a hole with turnovers and mistakes if they can continue this clean brand of football that they've been playing against San Francisco, save Darius Phillips, uh, punt muffs. If you get rid of those and you look at Denver and Baltimore now, that's three games in a row that the offense has played very clean football, not turning the ball over, not committing penalties, being efficient. And, um, you know, it's it's a very good look heading into these last two weeks of the season. Yeah, it is a very good look, especially when the Chiefs come to town this week because the Chiefs are really, really good at what the Bengals are not good at. Yeah, and so I think the other thing that we need to discuss from Sunday is now the context of the AFC playoff picture after what happened on Sunday. So, and after what happened last night with Miami beating New Orleans. So right now, the Bengals are actually the three seed in the AFC because the Bills beating the Patriots vaulted them into first place in the AFC East. So the Bengals are in third place in the AFC and will remain that way if they are tied with Buffalo at the end of the season due to a better conference record. So right now the Bengals would play the Patriots in the wild card round. I don't think any of us, well, some of us expect the Bengals to maintain this three spot others of us are realistic and realize that Bengals are probably going to lose on Sunday but 
this sets up at a point where even at nine and eight right now, it looks like the Bengals could get in. Yeah, it does. Um, and I, and I haven't gone over the scenario last night cause I didn't watch, I was playing basketball. I did not watch the, uh, second half of the Dolphins game because that game was atrocious to watch. Thank God you didn't. That game, yeah, it was bad. Um, but yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm trying to think. So do, do the Bengals have the tiebreaker of the Dolphins if they're tied? Yes, I think they do because of a better conference record. Okay. Um, also, I know we're not a Dolphins podcast. Absolutely insane that they went on a seven-game losing streak and now have a seven-game winning streak. That is the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. That sounds like something the Bengals would do. Um, but um, to get back on track, I, 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 I really do, I do see a possibility of them getting in at 9-8. and eight, But things have to go right for them. Yep. Um, everything has to fall into place. And I don't really – I don't want to talk about that yet. We can talk about that if they lose this Chiefs game. We can talk about that next week in case they lose um, to the Browns, which the, the – I mean, if Baker Mayfield's playing, you might as well put a gold jacket on him during, before the game. Um, when he plays the Bengals, because he is hot. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it, it just, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. I think it's a good measuring stick because the Chiefs have won eight in a row. Bengals have won two in a row. But um, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is looking like he's back. It's I'm, I'm guessing Travis Kelsey is going to be back uh, this week for the Chiefs because he was out last week. But I'm really, really excited to see how our past defense shows up this week which i'm not expecting a lot but i mean we'll see so looking at nfl 538 right now and i know we talked about this previewing the ravens game last sunday but right now the bengals sit at 80 percent chance to make the playoffs and a 72 percent chance to win the division and a three a three percent chance to get the number one overall seed in the afc which is obviously sort of a pipe dream at this point because literally everything will have to fall their way. But right now, and what with the dominating performance that the Bengals had on Sunday, this division has really, the Bengals have really taken a foothold or stranglehold on the AFC North going into these last two weeks. Yeah, and so I would probably say, what, week seven, eight, it looked like the AFC North was really strong. The AFC North has really fallen off. And you could say maybe even including the Bengals, even though these last two weeks, the Bengals kind of fell off with that 49ers loss, the Jets loss. Um, the Ravens have lost five in a row. Is it five in a row now? I think it is. Yeah, they have not worked. They, were eight, they were eight and three, and now they're eight and eight. Yeah. Well, um, Browns, Browns have kind of fallen off. One was because of the COVID game. One was because Baker stinks. And the Steelers are just – the fact that they're still in this is a miracle because they are downright – a putrid football team. They are terrible. They are they're really so, bad. They're so bad. They're really, really, really bad. Yeah. And um, a big game in the AFC North on Monday night between the Browns and the Steelers. I want to talk about uh, for a second here, the Bengals got Cheeto Bay back on Sunday and it could not have come at a more opportune time. Yes. Josh Johnson lit them up sort of for 300 yards, but I think that, that was more symptomatic of who the Bengals have been all season. And that is a team that is virtually unable to guard a tight end at any point in the game. Yeah. And that scares me for this week. Yeah. Cause we're playing the best tight end in the NFL. So, well, 
um, him or George Kittle. But, I mean, you saw what George Kittle did to us. He had 13 catches for 170. So, <laughs> I, I, this is my hot take this week. I know we're not talking about the Chiefs yet. I think they'll be able to stop Tyreek Hill, like limit Tyreek Hill, but it's going to be Travis Kelsey that's going to kill us if anybody kills us. I, a, I think that's I, the way yeah. this game this week's going to work. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a really awesome game on Sunday. I um, think so too. And also, you don't think it's going to get moved back, right? Like, no, it's, it's yeah, okay. it's staying at one. Um, and okay. there is a chance now. So if things fall a certain way this weekend, and that means that the favorites win. So Browns beat the Steelers, Ravens lose to the Rams, and Bengals lose to the Chiefs. If all three of those happen, it sets up winner take all in Cleveland in week 18 between the Bengals and Browns for the division. And most likely the loser is out of the playoffs, but that is far ahead. How confident do you feel in the Bengals secondary now that they have their full complement of DBs and Von Bell played a, played a pretty good game on Sunday. Yeah, Von Bell played really well. Um, the one thing I want to talk about the DBs, it, I mean, and also Chidobia Uzi, I mean, he plays well every week now. So it's not really, I mean, it's kind of, it's getting to the point where we were really excited when he played well in the beginning of the year. It's kind of an expectation now. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was very, very interesting to see. And I know we're not, we're not an off season podcast yet because we're in a playoff run. Trey Wayne's only played like 14 snaps or 13 snaps healthy. Um, And Eli Apple started. So I think that was really, really interesting to see that uh, Trey Wayne's is now officially a backup in the DB room. Eli Apple has cemented a a starting spot. And Von Bell, again, played really well after not playing well for, you know, a couple of weeks. And it wasn't like he was playing bad, but he wasn't playing up to what he was playing earlier in the year and the end of last year. And I think it's really good to see him start, you know, um, you know, to have a great game and then hopefully, hopefully keep that up this week. Yeah. And I could be incorrect because it could have been snapped earlier this season. In fact, it probably was based on how um, inconsistent the Ravens have been these past five, five weeks due to injuries and whatnot. But the Bengals hold the Ravens to under 100 yards rushing. And if that didn't break their streak, then it continued the sort of downward trend of the Ravens rush game. The Bengals defensive line played very well on Sunday. I thought Um, the issue is going to continue to be the depth at linebacker for this team, because where you really miss a guy like Akeem Davis Gaither is against teams that have really good tight ends, not saying that he can eliminate them out of the game plan, but I think he is the Bengals' best option to guard these tight ends. And missing him and Logan Wilson and Joe Bocci, uh, this linebacking group is going to have a significant challenge this week against Kansas City. And to be fair, I, I thought they played okay on Sunday, but, I mean, missed tackles were definitely a thing for them. Uh, Jermaine Pratt got lost in coverage on the Mark Andrews touchdown. Um, there is room for growth there, but – they desperately need to get some bodies back in that room. Yeah, they do. And I think Jermaine Pratt and Marcus Bailey are actually pretty solid linebackers in the NFL. Uh, I think Marcus Bailey for a seventh round pick is really good. I think Jermaine Pratt's coming to his own. It's just really hard, really, really hard when you're missing Logan Wilson. Because before he got hurt, he's averaging almost eight tackles. I'm looking at the stats right now. Eight tackles a game. 
You know, he has four picks on the year, four pass deflections. I mean, he just does everything. And it's really hard when you're missing somebody like that. But um, I think this game will be more about can they get past that, you know, basically rock solid Chiefs O-line. And can Trey Henderson get pressure? Can Larry Ogunjobi in the middle get pressure? DJ Reader should be back this week. Um, looking like Clyde Edwards Elayer is going to be out this week for the Chiefs. So we'll get probably Daryl Williams and uh, Frank Gore. Not Frank Gore, but what's his name? Derek Gore. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was Frank Gore. Dude. That dude's a, a legend. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be really interesting this week to see how the linebackers play yeah. against a team against a team who likes to throw the ball over the middle a lot. Yeah. And the good news, I guess, coming out of Sunday is the Bengals on the injury front uh, remain very fortunate. Um, looks like the only guys that uh, Trey Hendrickson, Trey Hendrickson took himself out of the game a couple of times on Sunday. You could tell his back was bothering him a little bit. So how big of a win it would be against Kansas city to lock up a playoff spot and then get to rest guys like him in week 18, but that's down the road. Um, do you think missing DJ reader on Sunday? I get that he is, he, that he is a top five rush defender in the league. How big of an impact do you think that had overall on the entire play of the defense, not just against the run? Well, I mean, I think his, presence out there regardless whether it's uh, the run of the pass is really important I, I feel like in the running game at least he he takes on a lot of double teams because of how beat I mean he's he's an animal uh, in there but to be fair the Ravens only had 39 rushing yards and they had a lot of those yards in garbage time basically all the yards came on three drives it was all three of their touchdown drives were basically their all their yards. And other than that, they couldn't get anything going. And I think his presence was missed, but it really you really couldn't see it because of how bad the Ravens were running the ball and how really bad Josh Johnson was. Well, I, think or, I wouldn't say bad, happened. limited, very limited. He was yeah. very limited. I think, I think that's the tell right out of the gate that the Ravens were not going to ask him to do much. They ran a lot of quick game. A lot of quick game. I don't think, to my recollection, there were very many, if any, routes run past 15 yards of the line of scrimmage where he was holding the ball and having to make. I, I believe there was only one deep shot to Hollywood Brown. Yeah. And for everything was underneath. Everything was a flat route. Everything was a slant. Everything was a dig. Um, and, you know, for a Bengals team and a Bengals defense that I feel like prides itself on being aggressive, and sort of uh, forcing the hand of the opposing offense, that is a really tough thing to adjust to, especially since all week until Saturday, the Bengals were preparing to play Tyler Huntley, which I think the offensive game plan would have been exponentially different um, had Tyler Huntley been the quarterback for the Ravens on Sunday. But like yeah. you said, Ravens averaged 2.4 yards a carry on Sunday, which is um, very indicative of just how great and stout this Bengals defense has been against the run this year. And, you know, they probably won't see a lot of those same looks from Kansas city, but I will tell you this, they better be prepared to bring that run defense to Cleveland in week 18. Yeah, they should. And so looking back on this Ravens game, I'm looking at the, uh, the team stats right here. 
And there's just one, I just want to talk about one thing. And it was 37 minutes of possession versus basically 23 of the Ravens. And I think that was another key in the game. I think they kept the chains moving. And, and I kind of want to parlay that into this week during the Chiefs game, they're going to really need to dominate the time of possession and not give them a bunch of possessions or Patrick Mahomes is going to put up 40 and, and the Chiefs are going to put up 40. Yeah, so looking at the DVOA following last week, the Bengals are now up to 11th in uh, defensive DVOA. Um, or wait, no, never mind. My table's just updated. Let's see here. So after last week, the Bengals in DVOA are now up to 17th in the NFL. They are 12th in offensive DVOA ahead of teams like Denver, Cleveland, Seattle, Minnesota, Arizona, and they are 14th in – wait, no, I I messed that up. They're 14th in offense DVOA. No, I'm stupid. They're 19th in offensive DVOA, 14th in defense, and 7th on special teams. There we go. Kansas City, just as a little teaser before we preview them later this week, Kansas City is 16th in defense – and they are 21st against the rush. Um, so it could be, like you said, definitely an opportunity for the Bengals to sort of impose their will uh, against the Chiefs. But this Chiefs defense is getting healthy, and they're playing a very tough brand of football right now. Yeah, they are. And last week was the first week in a long time where they the Bengals didn't face an elite pass rusher. Like an elite, like I get – uh, Oway for the Ravens is really good. Tyus Bowser's good, but like you know, it, it not facing a Joey Bosa, a Nick Bosa, a TJ Watt, somebody like that. And this week is, is is really no different. They don't really have any elite pass rushers other than Frank Clark, who is I would say you know above NFL average. I wouldn't say he's elite. So it's going to be interesting to see how the O line holds up. I thought the O line held up pretty well last week. What, what do you what do you think about the O line? I I thought they played pretty well. I tell you what. So I think Quentin Spain and Jonah Williams on the left side, if they extend Quentin Spain this offseason, you feel very confident about that going into next season. And Trey Hopkins, since coming back from the bye week, has been really solid at center for the Bengals. He's not allowing a lot of pressures. You can tell that their protections are very good. Apparently on the TV copy, you could hear Hopkins, Spain, and Williams uh, perfectly diagnosing what the Ravens were going to do, which is really tough. I don't care what their personnel is. Wink Martindale's goal is to confuse the O-line, and the Bengals' offensive line knew exactly what was coming uh, on one of the plays on the TV copy. What we have to worry about, and we've said this all season long, is the right side specifically right guard. Hakeem Adeniji did not have a great game on Sunday. Yeah, I saw uh, Jackson Carmen got about 10 snaps. And I think that – I think that um, that right side is going to be a key this week because Frank Clark will probably line up over whoever's playing right tackle. I don't know who's going to play right tackle this week, but – I'm guessing that they're going to try to blitz that side heavy. They're going to try to bring stunts on that side just to confuse it. Um, but, yeah, I, the right side really needs to play well. And I think this week it's going to, they're going to have to play well in the run game. 
And if you're going to need to play well in the running game, I wouldn't be surprised if Jackson Carmen started at right guard this week instead of Akeem Adeniji. Yeah, we shall see. And it, it's really tough because they put Riley Reef on the IR, which means he's out when uh, they put Three him on games. before Denver. So he's out until, until Cleveland. Until Cleveland. But I think they said when they put him on IR that he was done for the season. Wait, so, no, no, no. I'm sorry. It would be playoff game. The first playoff game is back, I believe. So hopefully if, if the Bengals do make the playoffs, then hopefully he can return for that playoff game. But um, despite the many warts that this offensive line has, and I want to parlay this back into a discussion about Joe Burrow, and then we'll finish up. Um, Joe Burrow right now is second, second in the NFL in EPA expected points added per throw. So every time he throws the ball, he's the second best quarterback in the NFL right now. Who's first? Aaron Rodgers. I was going to say, is it right? Yep. Also, so we're looking at, looking at stats right now. This is nuts. He, his pass completion percentage is 69.9. It's basically 70%. That is insane. That's also from a guy who's been sacked 47 times this year. I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable. Just to tell you the disparity in, in, in how offensive line consistency plays in quarterback play. So Burrow is like ninth in the NFL in EPA per drop back. And then he's second in EPA per throw. If that tells you anything about how the offensive line has kind of failed him a little bit uh, this year. Um, and Joe Burrow has, yeah, yeah it, I mean, O-line still. Yeah. So right now he's, he's first in the NFL in yards per attempt. He's sixth in passing yards, seventh in touchdowns, tied for 10th in completions and tied for 12th in pass attempts. And he, he was tied for first in completion percentage with Tua before last night. Absolutely I mean, insane. The guy is simply right now playing some of the best football uh, in the NFL. And there were several plays on Sunday where I think we just looked at each other. We're like, holy shit. The throw to Jamar Chase against the cover two down the sideline. Yeah, that little hole shot on the right side in the red zone. God, that was one of the most gorgeous throws uh, and gorgeous reads. And, you, you know, right now, I don't think there's anything a defense can throw at him right now that he doesn't know exactly what they're going to do before they do it. No, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And I think that also that T Higgins throw, um, that T Higgins went up over the two guys. Oh my God. On that 50 yard bomb. It was 50 yards in the air. That was a crazy throw. I mean, it was a great catch obviously, but it was a great throw too. Yeah. Um, I want to finish up and I want to once again, give Zach Taylor his flowers um, because whether, so before the season, I think we were fair in saying that this team had to be competitive in December and be there and be playing good football in December for him to solidify his job status. And I think he's done more than solidify his job status right now. He has this team and this culture going at full speed, doing the right things. And, you know, 
people are, will look at the play and say, wow, what a great, what a great play call. I don't think we can overstate how great of a play call it was on the 68 yard touchdown to Boyd. He stacked the left side of the line of scrimmage with Higgins and chase. Then on the right side, he had Boyd, Uzoma and Mixon. So the safety in the middle of the field shaded over to the Higgins and chase. And then, uh, Boyd ran stick and nod, and he just depanced Patrick Queen. And and and, and, and let, I mean, it was great, great play calling and a great um, getting the matchup they wanted because there's no way, no way that Patrick Queen can guard Tyler Boyd in space, especially one on one. Not a chance. There's no way. Not a chance. And that was a great play call. And then one of my other favorite play calls and we kind of talked about this in the stadium and I texted it to our buddies who weren't at the game that first, when they were down seven to three and they had fourth and goal at the Baltimore one and Zach Taylor didn't get cute. He just gave it to Mixon and plowed it right up the middle for the touchdown that for lack of a better term, that is letting your nuts hang. And yeah, we, we talked about that. We said he's letting his nuts hang finally, which excuse me, we haven't seen all year. And there were some there were some really ballsy calls on Sunday. I mean, that deep ball, like you said, to T. Higgins was on a third and sixteen. They ran a fourth and six comeback route five yards past the sticks. Uh, Zach Taylor, and he said after the game, there wasn't anything he was going to call on Sunday that he wasn't confident that the Bengals could execute. Yeah, and and I just think it was awesome. I think we have to address this before we get out of here. Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, should never publicly comment about Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase ever again. Well, Joe Burrow put it absolutely perfectly because, you know, we all know that Joe Burrow is is not a Hall of Famer yet. And anybody that tries to tell you he is, is is just crazy. They blew in from stupid town. But. You, do, you why why would you even say that to a guy that already torched your defense for 420? You really need to give him that added motivation. Um, so I I pray that Wink continues to to keep that same energy and continues to doubt this offense. Um, because after this year, the Bengals have outscored the Ravens and Steelers this year. I think it was 141 to 58. Wow. It was the what was it, third or fourth most point differential in AFC North history. Yeah. Uh, was this year against the Ravens? Yeah. So that, that is what I, I mean, that's always amazing to see. I, I hate the Ravens. I hate their fans. Um, I hate their coaching staff. I think, you know, doesn't matter if it's John or Jim Harbaugh. You hate both of them. It, it doesn't matter. And I loved how John Harbaugh, after the game, he was like, what was that play call at the end? He was mad, like, on the field. And then he had to realize that he's done the same thing, like, eight times this year, trying to keep that 100-yard streak up. So he was – I mean, he would have been the biggest hypocrite in the world to get mad at Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow for trying to get to 500 yards. I mean, he he might be the last person on earth to be able to get mad at that. He, Him and his brother are both – some of the sorest losers that exist in the coaching profession. Um, You know, Jim beats Ohio state for the first time in six years and starts running his mouth. And then John 
will complain to the officials the entire game, the entire game. Um, well, I love, yeah, I loved on, I saw like a tweet that had a bunch of Baltimore Ravens fan likes, and it was like uh, Ravens versus the refs. And the whole time I was thinking, I didn't know the refs gave up 525 and four touchdowns. I didn't know they gave up 600 total yards. I didn't know the refs did that. So, but. Uh, just, I mean, and, I, yeah. So. Yeah. The Ravens had few, uh, six penalties for 27 yards on Sunday. The Bengals had five for 45. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't know the refs let the Bengals hold the ball for 37 minutes out of the, out of the 60. That or the fact that that was one of the worst taunting calls I've ever seen. Um, yeah. Last, last week. So with Jamar, with Jamar. Yeah. So that is um, about all I have to say about the Ravens game. Uh, it was awesome to be in the stadium. You're going to be at the Chiefs game on Sunday. I am. Very jealous because uh, I think that uh, this could be – we'll get into a predict or into a preview later this week, but I have, I have a very cautiously good feeling about something on Sunday, and we'll talk about it later this week, but – I got to get one more thing in. I predicted before the game, I said this. First of all, I said T. Higgins would have a big day. But second, I, I said T. Higgins is the best receiver on the Bengals, and he did not prove me wrong. He did not prove me wrong. I think he is. Um, but I just want to say that I, 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 I really think he is. Let's just put it this way. If the Bengals can get a top – half of the league offensive line next year, they might be the best offense in football. Well, they might average – if they if they get an above-average line, they will average 30 points a game. I mean, what are they right now, 20, 28? Yes, yes, something like that, 28. Well, well after this week, it's going to be higher than that. Let's see here. Let's look real quick. Pulling it up. All right, quickly, quickly, quick like a bunny. 27.3 points a game this year. They're averaging just under a point less than the Chiefs. I mean, that's – this Sunday's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great game. Um, I'm really looking forward to talking about this game later this week because I have a lot of thoughts to flush out um, about this game. So that's all we have to say about that. Um, but as we do in every episode – I think it's time for a quick trivia question. So, yep, yep. Jamar Chase ended up with 326 yards this season against the Ravens. He had 201 in the first meeting. He had 125 on Sunday. But that is not the NFL record for most receiving yards against a single opponent, nor is it the Bengals' record for receiving yards against a single opponent in a season. So, I think it's pretty obvious who the NFL record holder is. Calvin Johnson? Well, I should have given you A, B, C, or D. So, A, Calvin Johnson, B, Randy Moss, C, Jerry Rice, D, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, Jer- Jerry Rice? Is Jerry Rice. So, Jamar Chase had I mean, three- he holds. I mean, he holds every record, so I, I- – so Jerry Rice had 320 – or Jamar Chase had 325 against the Ravens. 
Jerry Rice had 396 yards against the Falcons in two games in 1990. Wow. That is, that's embarrassing. So that's the NFL record. I am curious to see if you also know who holds the Bengals record for most receiving yards against a single opponent in a season. Is it A? Yeah. Chad Ochocinco. B, Carl Pickens. C, Speedy Thomas, or D, T.J. Hushmanzada? Uh, I'm going to go T.J. Hushmanzada. It is not T.J. Hushmanzada. It is Speedy Thomas. Oh, how many? 332 yards he had against the Broncos in 1969. That's the first year. Yeah. So, well, second year. No, oh, it was 68? Yeah. So – Jamar Chase, although historic this season in many ways, did not beat the Jerry Rice NFL record and did not beat the Speedy Thomas Bengals record for most receiving yards against an opponent this season. So uh, that's all I got. Big, big win. And right now the Bengals are just doing a little bit of knocking on the door of the AFC playoff picture. Only one team in the AFC has clinched a playoff spot. I think after this week, the Colts will will clinch one, the Titans will clinch one. Um, I think a couple teams this week will clinch. But Several teams this week have clinching scenarios. We will get into all of that later this week um, because we're both excited as we said we were going to be if the Bengals won this game. So we'll be back with a preview later this week. Um, Enjoy your holidays. Uh, If you're listening to this, well, we'll talk about it on Thursday. But um, that's all I got. That's all I got. Who that? Who that?